RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Over summer, we'd like to share with you some interviews from 2022. These stories have proven popular among fellows over the past 12 months, and they're topics we believe new listeners to RAC's post-op podcast may enjoy too. We do hope you enjoy this interview with Bård Johansson and Norway's aim to eliminate road deaths in the country. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could eliminate road deaths? Too far-fetched, perhaps, you're thinking. Well, would you believe that in Norway's capital of Oslo, just one person died from a traffic accident in 2019? From a peak of 570 annual roads deaths in the 1970s nationwide, in recent years, Norway's toll has been reduced to just 80 deaths a year. How did they do it? Well, instrumental in achieving these incredibly low numbers is the senior advisor at the Norwegian Council for Road Safety, Bård Johansson. He says its success has been a multifaceted and integrated approach. It includes lower speed limits, safer vehicles, safer roads, better technology, stricter policing of driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs, and a significant education campaign. The vision of zero deaths in Norway is outlined in what Bård calls their Bible, a comprehensive report on what needs to be done from various groups and agencies to achieve the ultimate goal. Oslo has had a run of single-digit fatalities for several years in a row now. Chris Ashmore asks Board whether there's anything particular about Oslo, Norway's largest city, that makes it different from other cities. It's much like other cities like Trondheim and Bergen, and we see this positive development all over the country. Actually, I've been... The world's best, no, for five, six years. <laughs> so yeah, we have more to achieve. We have to, to work hard. And um, our national targets are, are pretty heavy for the next years. But Oslo had a development on car traffic that's uh, pretty special and uh, exciting. Because due to other goals uh, like uh, pollution and climate uh, goals car traffic has been uh, reduced it's difficult in oslo to get rid of your car the speed has been slowed down not only because of the speed limits but because of its uh, they have used uh, narrowing streets and uh, and obstructions and uh, they have provided the roads for cyclists and uh, pedestrians. And of course, all, all this together makes Oslo a, a slow city. And the speed is it's very important in road safety. It's uh, maybe the most important issue. Right. But is it a goal that you set out to achieve? Or, I don't know, has it happened naturally? It's a goal, clearly a goal. But it's more like a vision, the vision zero as we use here in northern part of Europe, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, Norway. And this vision makes us eager to achieve this due to heavy goals, actually. So we, we still have no goal that says we are going for zero deaths in 2025 or 2030, but uh, we call it stage finish, maybe in English. Right. In Norway, we have uh, this stage finish for 2030, uh, uh, maximum 350 fatalities and uh, seriously injured. 
and uh, from this uh, maximum 50 fatalities. That's in 2030. But every town or every municipality does not have the same goals because it's it's difficult to, how should I say, aggregate from the national goals. It's all those small numbers, actually. It's, it's difficult mm-hmm. to have a goal that to say, in Oslo, maximum three deaths for one year. That's more or less impossible because the accidents um, are not like that. That's not how it happens now. Right. Now, in terms of using data, how have you used data to improve road safety and influence public policy? The data comes from official statistics. They're coming via accidents reported from the police. And this is actually not good enough. And we are still working on that because the fatalities, we have... relatively good information on. They are investigated, the Board of Investigation and the police themselves and such on. So we have not a low knowledge on those accidents. But when it comes to other injuries then, and not fatalities, we don't know enough about those. We have some numbers, but we know there are still a lot of accidents happening that are not reported and especially when it comes to bicycling bicycle accidents and and pedestrian accidents uh, actually but accidents uh, involving a motor vehicle will be reported but not always in the right way then we are working with the most of the major hospitals in norway now to get better data and they are with us (laughs) We will have a new system in a couple of years, I guess. That will give us more significant numbers according to the accidents. Then we are using this data, of course, when we are aiming goals for road safety, but also using both international and national research results for aiming these measures. This could be measures on um, the road users, on the vehicles, on the infrastructure, and so it's pretty systematic. You mentioned earlier that uh, a lower speed has contributed to the lower death toll. How do you educate the population about the benefit of slower speed? The slow speed is mainly... It's mainly done from the drivers. The drivers are a pretty important group for us, even though it will have a lot of effect also on the cyclists and pedestrians. We have pretty strict demands on the drivers. There's a pretty heavy and expensive education for them. They could start at 16 years of age, but you can't get a driver's license for car until you're 18. And this education program is grounded on uh, on scientific knowledge, actually. And uh, the driving instructors have a university education, actually, for three years, two or three years. 
So we put a lot of effort in this part of the education, and but of course we have also education for children, as many countries in the school, road safety education in different levels. Start with walking in the local area around the schools, in your neighborhood, with the parents, with the teacher, the kindergarten, and so on. And then um, you have uh, some kind of educational system up till you are about 15, 16 years. So it seems that uh, everybody in society really is educated all the time on safety and how important it is, whether you're a pedestrian, whether you're a cyclist, and whether you're a driver, that safety is most important. Yeah, that's important. And this is not only about teaching them the rules, it's also about teaching them about attention Mm. and their own motivation to be awake when you are in traffic. We did a study a couple of years ago on children's attention using uh, eye tracking, Googles. And uh, we used the knowledge to make a new educational program on attention training, actually, for children. And we used uh, a cycle track and uh, we um, compared a group who held this program and a group who, who got this uh, ordinary, traditionally cyclist training. And we found that uh, this program was actually stunning. It was a fantastic results on the attention development. Like they tell us from the neuroscience that it's actually possible to train the attention even for eight to ten years old children. But you have to do it the right way then. <laughs> right. So when we train the cyclists now, the children, it's more important for us to work on the attention training than the rules that tells you to stop from that car, that pedestrian, this and so on. You mentioned earlier being quite strict with drivers. Is the punishment for infringements, so doing the wrong thing on the road, is there a big fine if a driver makes a mistake? Do they have their licence taken off them? Are drivers aware that if they do the wrong thing, they'll uh, get into trouble? Yeah, the fines are pretty heavy in Norway. But of course, so is also the wages. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty heavy, uh, I guess. And it's not difficult to lose your driver's license either for speeding. You have this threat from being taken, being observed. So we should still have a little bit more police policing in our roads. It's uh, parts of Norway are not heavily uh, traffic. So we need to the police to work smart, so to say. Speeding uh, young drivers is, uh, of course, also a problem. Um, we try now to give them an alternative punishment. When you use your license in the first period with your driver's license, the first two years, you can attend the program with some extra education on risk behavior, risk driving, consequences and such on. 
And a part of this program is that you need to drive with an um, registrator. That's uh, more like a device connected to your car. And it's based on digital maps. And we can follow them. And we know where they drive and what speed they are driving in. Speed limit on the stretch or or actually at that point. Right. So younger people tend to speed more. Is there an issue with alcohol and drugs in their system as well? Or is that quite strict as well? That's quite strict, actually. There was, uh, some years ago, a bigger problem with drunk driving, actually. Uh, young drivers, drunk driving, rural areas, going to parties the weekend and such on. There are no buses, they have to drive and so on, yeah, car, yeah. But this has been a lot better. And we see that we have this U curve with the risk curve, and this U has been uh, more or less like a wave <laughs> in a nice day. It's been improving, actually, a lot for the younger drivers. Here in Australia, of course, there's been a huge reduction in road deaths since the 1970s. But even today in cities like Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane, the road deaths still continue to be stubbornly high. Do you have any recommendations that you could give to other cities or countries like Australia to try to emulate the success of Oslo and Norway? I would start to say that the most important for us has been the national goals, uh, national, regional and local plans, actually. That's the most important. I have here this Bible, as we call it, <laughs> in, in Road Safety in Norway, and this is how to work on the road against the vision zero. And this contains uh, all the measures that we are doing together. And we are talking about how the authorities, the NGOs and the volunteers are working together in a system, in a planned system, in a cooperation model, so to say. So there are short distances between the authorities and the volunteers and the private sector. So we can talk to each other, just uh, picking up the the phone. And we have a lot of meetings, uh, planned meetings to to follow the development on on the goals, the national and local goals, stage finish, as I told you about. So this cooperation is important because all of us are pretty aware of the goals, pretty aware of uh, where we want to go and how to do it. And it's all based on, um, so to say, knowledge and research. We don't do a lot of things if we don't know how it ends or how it should uh, affect on the accidents. So that's the most important for us. And of course we have, first of all, focus on speeding. Speed is important, uh, drink driving and drugs, both illegal and legal. And of course, as we said, uh, this attention issue, uh, distractions, not only from phones, but we are also doing research now on the new technology in cars and this uh, use of um, infotainment systems. If you have one or two or three screens and touch screens and so on, how much does that affect on your attention 
that should be on the road. And also, of course, yeah, wearing seatbelts and helmets. Of course, that's that's affordable. So make this plan, make this cooperation working. What we struggle against is, of course, this. There are different goals for society at all levels, and it could be hard to make the goals come together. That the road safety goals and uh, climate goals, uh, pollution goals. We have to talk together to other sectors to achieve this. Yeah. Well, you've achieved a lot. It's amazing what you have achieved, board and world leaders in road safety. But are there any improvements that Norway can make even on top of what you've been doing? Yeah, that's what we are asking ourselves now these days because uh, if we are to reduce our fatalities and serious accidents by 50% in only eight years, we have to, uh, first of all, continue doing what we do today, but doing it harder. Uh, we have to come up with uh, new measures, especially measures that people won't like because they are, they are influencing on your freedom. So road safety work is no popularity competition, actually. You have to <laughs> do things that the people don't like us to do. So, of course, there will be uh, hard work, but we are also um, looking into how new technology could support this work. Then. But we can't rely on that. We can't uh, say that uh, autonomous driving will save us from this. There will be a lot of years then we have mixed traffic with new and old vehicles, new and old technology trying to mix together in the cities in rural areas. So we can't do more than continue to follow the plan, actually. That's what we are doing. And of course, we have these uh, tough goals, this stage finish for 2030 and further on. We have to hold focus on the most important risk drivers, actually. And that's speeding, it's drunk driving, drugs alcohol and uh, this uh, wearing seatbelt helmets and of course this distraction this attention problem will be very important for us board johansson norwegian council for road safety rack's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the royal australasian college of surgeons and leading financial services organization the bongiorno national network the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.